It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Breakfast on SEN. Well, the Pakistan Test Series is now in the rearview mirror. The Australian Test uh, season, summer of cricket, is scheduled uh, to continue on the 17th of January. And the Aussie Test team will reunite in Adelaide this Saturday to prepare for a two-test series against the West Indies. David Warner won't be there, having hung up the baggy green that he lost and then refound. But who replaces the former opener being the question of the summer. And I reckon Kane, our next guest, must have been asked about this a hundred times. But between 99 and 07, John Buchanan oversaw a cricket team that won a record 16 consecutive tests, 23 ODI World Cup matches. There were 70 wins from 89 tests in charge. Three straight World Cup crowns, a drought-breaking series win in India, numerous Ashes triumphs. He did the lot. John Buchanan is with us on the line this morning. How are you, John? Thanks for your time. Good morning there, Sam and Kane. And you're on your way to a... You, you look after the schoolboys up there, don't you, these days up in Queensland. You're on your way to a, a game this morning? Yes, I am. I uh, coach uh, Brisbane Boys College First Eleven team. So um, we're in a week-long tournament this week and then another one next week. So, yep. Uh, although the skies are very heavy and a lot of rain overnight. So, but anyway, hopefully we'll get on. So talk to me about that and the passion of the, of the, the young kids mm. for, I guess, the longer format of the game. John, you'd be the best to speak about it. There's been a lot of debate about the future of Test cricket and the fears around it. What are you seeing? Um, look, I think um, all the, the young boys that I come across, they, they still have all their heroes, uh, as we always used to do. Um, and that's forged partly by the T20 format. But uh, I think there's also a real liking for watching their heroes in the longer format of the game. Um, they still have a, a great desire, as again we all did when we were growing up, to, to wear a baggy green. That's a dream. So I don't think those dreams have evaporated at all. So that's a good sign. Um, you know, then it's like everybody, it's a, it's a case of trying to find your way there. And these days, you know, things have changed quite a deal with, with pathway systems and uh, a heck of a lot more coaching and, um, you know, just slightly different systems, I suppose, than, than, than what used to be in the past. But but nonetheless, I, I really do believe that, um, you know, that's all healthy. Uh, obviously, I'm around a boys' school, but, um, you know, I think uh, possibly even more so around girls' schools these days where there are girls' programs and girls' competitions that have, um, you know, uh, been initiated and are underway. So I, I think from that perspective, it's all healthy. Um, it, it, it's then how that progresses um, into club cricket and, uh, and then obviously into higher levels, I think that's where, like for a lot of sports, um, you know, that's, that's big questions that have always been asked of, of administrators and, and those who run the game. 
Mm. So do you, do you share the fears of oh, read articles from Robert Craddock and, and Todd Greenberg from the AFL, sorry, the, the Cricket Association boss and uh, what happened with South Africa arresting all their players for their latest tour? Do you share or worry about the future of, of Test cricket? Yeah, there's a lot. I really see that has thrown a, a big question mark um, into how cricket is delivered. Uh, whether that's Test cricket, whether that's One Day cricket, and then and then obviously the leagues. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of politicking going on behind that as well. I don't know the politics, but um, I think India is uh, quite supportive of the South African League, um, and so quite possibly what South Africa's tra- and, and obviously South Africa's not in a healthy financial position. So T20 leagues are really important to them in terms of promoting their game over there, um, and quite possibly they're angling towards. Um, you know, a window that would be created by the ICC to allow uh, their league to flourish with, you know, the influx of not only their own players, but overseas players. So from an Australian perspective, that really throws the cat amongst the pigeons. I think, um, you know, Cricket Australia really got some serious questions to ask themselves because they, they obviously don't, while they might say they value BVL, they don't really value BVL because they don't allow their own players to, you know, their best players to play in it. Mm. Um, but at the same stage, having said that, the reason why they don't do that is because they value Test cricket still more highly than the, the shorter forms of the game. So they're questions that they have to ask themselves about um, if if we do value Test cricket and we really want a BBL product. Um, how do we go about doing that? And and you know that then suggests well maybe you got to place it in October or something, you know, uh, to, to really herald the beginning of a cricket season. Or I have heard talk that it might go back to playing your test cricket and then we used to have the one-day series. So maybe it's test cricket and then you have the BBL series just on the back mm. of the school holidays. Or or maybe it's a rugby union format. Maybe New Zealand, South Africa and Australia get their heads together and work out, you know, a, a bit more of a Southern Hemisphere league. I don't know, but, um, you know, it, it definitely has thrown questions uh, not only Cricket Australia, but around the world in terms of is is club cricket more important than representing a country? Yeah, it's a complex situation, isn't it? Particularly when, you know, trying to resolve a, a schedule when the schedule's so jam-packed as it is on the international front. Um, John, let's cut to the chase. You're, you're still in the Australian dressing room. We'll role-play for a moment. Who are you advocating to come in to open the batting uh, opposite Usman Khawaja? Well, I'm certainly not advocating for players to tell the selectors who should be in the uh, opening position. <laughs> um, but um, I, I just, you know, when you look at that Australian team, it's an ageing team. There's no doubt about that, whether you're in the batting lineup or whether you're in the bowling lineup. And I think one of the key decisions that uh, selectors will be making over the, the next 12 months or so is, is some sort of succession planning, uh, both from a batting perspective and a bowling perspective. Um, but in the meantime, right at the moment, I, I would pump for a specialist opener I, and, and hopefully that specialist opener is part of the succession plan, meaning that they are there for the, for the long haul. Um, and therefore, I wouldn't be really fiddling around with a, a batting order that's um, reasonably settled. Uh, when I say reasonably settled, they're settled, but, but not necessarily churning out the runs and the partnerships that we're probably um, feeling that they should do. So... For me, it, it, the three candidates, as far as I can see, are Bancroft, Harris, and, and uh, Renshaw uh, that go into that position. 
Uh, none of them come in with the same flair of of, uh, of Warner, that's for sure. Um, but nonetheless, you know. And then if you look at those three, maybe uh, maybe a Harris is a person with, you know, potentially uh, longer tenure. But um, there's another name that's been floated around too, and that's the name of Matt Short, uh, who's obviously performing pretty well in the BBL, and uh, you know. Bowls a bit of tidy offspin, although they've got Travis Head who does a little bit of that these days. I'm not a big fan of trying to bring Smith up or maybe create Green as a as a as an opener. I know they're very keen on getting Green into the side, but Marsh is really um, taking a mortgage out on that spot in the middle order at the moment. Mm. So um, yeah, uh, difficult one again. Yeah, can I just quickly ask you, John? Like, what have you made of Steve Smith's? campaigning and and secondary to that how do you the way you coach the side how do you reconcile with the way that the side is coached now look they're winning of course they've got every just about every trophy in the cabinet that they could have but it's a very different philosophy now more player driven than I don't know you tell us perhaps ever before how do you reconcile with that given the way you managed it um yes I got I don't I don't think from my coaching perspective uh it was never uh, the coach says this, and that's what mm. happens. I think it was very um, as democratic as possible. You know, we had some great leaders in, in uh, Steve Moore, and, and I use the word great um, quite selectively here. I think great has been bandied around too much these days. But uh, Steve Moore and Ricky Ponting were just absolutely fantastic leaders of the team. And then you had, you know, just very, very good senior players in amongst the group. So decisions were, in a sense, democratic. Um, but because we'd played together, I guess, for a fair period of time, then most of those decisions, most of the decisions were, were reasonably easy. I, I'm not a, I am a, a huge fan of, you know, I, I coach corporately these days with my business. And I am a huge fan of giving uh, staff, or in this case athletes, every right to, to have their opinion. That's really important because there's always some really, um, you know, good ideas, good thoughts, and, and, and very important to listen to everybody in the team. But in the end, somebody's got to make the, make the call. And, um, you know, whether that's the coach, whether that's the captain, um, but somebody has to make that call. So uh, therefore, I'm, 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 not a, I'm not a huge fan of, of uh, it seemingly like players telling selectors, administrators, coaches when they want to play, uh, if they want to play. So, um, you know, but I understand that in sport these days and in the corporate world, we, we do need to, to listen and, and we do need to understand that it is important that if you want to run a, a, um, a team where you're looking for really good decision makers, you're really looking for people to take ownership of their own game, then that requires them to, to be very outspoken many times about what it is that they require, how they need to get themselves prepared and how they need to set themselves up for success. But beyond that, then it's really the decision of the, the key leaders, which is captain coach. You mentioned the word great and Steve War, but you also said it gets thrown around too much. Is David Warner a great? I don't think so. Uh, I think he's he's uh, certainly performed exceptionally well through his career. You know, he sits on 8,000 plus runs. He's he's played over 100 Test matches. Obviously, he's played over I think about 160 One Days and, and, and nearly 100 
T20s. Um, you know, his number, his averages are, are reasonable compared to all those in those various formats. His strike rate obviously high because that's the way he plays the game. Um, so, yeah, on performance base, he, he's, he's right up there. Um, but, I, you know, great to the game are people, in my opinion, that, that really do and have done something exceptional that others just can't match. And uh, and so therefore, you know, you automatically go to the the Bradmans of the world and the McGrath, in in Australian cricket, the Bradmans, the McGraths, the Warns. You know, they're, they're the greats in my opinion. Um, mm. Others come close, but uh, are just not in that category. And uh, I, I don't see Warner in that category. Mm. And there's been some really bold uh, predictions about Pat Cummins and and where he can get to. Oh, there's Michael Warner who said. He could be the next best since Bradman. I mean, is he on track to be a great? Um, oh, I guess so. You know, like again, uh, great um, is a label that's given after you complete your career. Really, mm. uh, there's very few who are living legends, um, and uh, his performance is certainly over. You know, from from about the whatever it was, the third game in that uh, T20 World Cup against Sri Lanka, for whatever reason, he, he seemed to click into gear, not only with his own bowling, um, but also just the way that he began leading the side. And I think we saw that through this test series, albeit in Australia, which is really familiar conditions for, for he and his, his bowling, bowling quartet. Um, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I... I believe he's he's leading the side very well and and now he's captaining the side very well as uh, in addition to that and at the same stage his performances um are, are definitely showing that he's a you know he's a world he's always been a world-class bowler but he's stacking them together consistently now um whether he can sustain that over a period of time because it's it's just so physically demanding in terms of fast bowling and then on top of that, you add the, the mental demands of, of captaining a side, both in the test arena and the one-day arena. Um, you know, that, that's going to um, be a test in terms of his longevity. If he stays around for a long period of time and continues to do what he does, he's, he's going to be, uh, you know, up there around the McGraths and the Warns, one would think. John, great to chat, as always. Always love talking to you. And just as we let you go, you'd be suggesting bowl first today, surely, up there. <laughs> uh, if we get on, uh, yeah, don't know. I might go. I might suggest to the boys they want to have the bat because the ball might get a bit wet out in the field. So oh, very nice. Might be okay for the batsman. So uh, anyway, well, we'll we appreciate we'll you. Yeah, we'll leave it to the boys to make a decision. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Player first mentality, John. I love it. Uh, appreciate it, mate. Thanks again for your time and thanks for fitting us in. Okay, Jim. Thanks a lot. Bye. John Buchanan there, former and very, very successful uh, Australian coach as he was. That was our McCafe coffee catch-up for the day. Barista made ice cold drive through for your ice coffee favourites at McCafe.